welcome to Cherry Jam. It's episode six of this season, uh, season three. Uh, just the four of us this evening. It's uh, Russ Brooks, Jim Harley, James Eastwood and myself, Ed Price. Um, we're going to talk about the Gloucester Ealing pre-season away game uh, that was held over the weekend. Uh, we're also going to just touch on a few things about what actually pre-season is for. Uh, what do we think it's for? Uh, is it is it for sort of getting fitness? Is it a combination of fitness and results and d- developing momentum, etc.? Blooding new players. Um, the only reason we I ask is because uh, there was an interesting uh, debate, shall we say, on social media about what what preseason games might be, might should be might and should be for. Um, I, I should firstly say that this uh, this podcast is in in uh, in tribute and memoriam of Keith the Duck. Uh, who is uh, greatly missed <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from the Wigan, the Wigan, the famous Keith the Duck of, of Wigan, Wigan Athletic, um, which uh, definitely was a highlight on our way home from eating this weekend. Um, and um, uh, I also want to do a, 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 a we'll touch on another event that's happening on Sunday, uh, which Russ kind of mentioned at the end of the pod last week, um, relating to to uh, the Jack Adams. Uh, memorial match so we'll touch on that at the end and um so obviously try and get people along to that we're going to start the, the, this week about uh, with the ealing game um, and one thing we wanted to do to start we we, should, we did say we would do is a, a review or um a guide to ealing as a ground as a location uh etc um now this might not be very useful uh, on the basis that <laughs> you might you might have understood why if you've seen any of the photos of the ground uh, over the weekend, but um, I'll, I'll let Jim and Russ start off with their, their reviews of Ealing as a ground. Uh, crack on, lads. Well, we, we drove in very easily. We were greeted at the uh, at the gate that ended up being the turnstile. Um, so we got parking, match tickets, everything thrown into one. Um, lots of parking and by kickoff, there was still lots of parking. Yeah. Is, a little bit of a surprise. Um, maybe there was somewhere around the corner that we didn't know about, but for a fiver, it was um, it was quite easy, wasn't it? Uh, and then, um, yeah, the, the the stadium was was quite something. I mean, it was, <laughs> I'd say it was very similar yeah, to the Al Pass Arena at Hartbury. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, yeah, go go, Russ. Yeah, there's a lot. You you imagine that. I just can't, I feel like you said that, I can't see, you've got to assume they're coming up and I cannot see them playing there next year because there'd be work going on or at least an announcement that there's some work to go on on there. But I mean, we where we were stood was lovely if you were watching a third 15s game because we were literally on the side with no stands at all. And it just, you know, it was quite, it felt like a throwback. It felt like when I used to go with my dad to watch rugby or Coventry or Nottingham, like those older stadiums. Yeah. It, it was Water, like, Waterloo, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if 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 I was going to watch Hartbury, I'd probably think, oh, this is quite a nice stadium for this level. But yeah, and it's, and also if anyone wants to whinge about the beer at Gloucester again, go to there and then have a moan because like, you know, it was... <laughs> most mediocre beer at London prices. And I, I should say it was a nice pub, but we can't even talk about the food because we all had burgers from the Burger Fest. It's never going to be on normally. So, yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was, a, it was a nice day out. It was nice to go and watch a game after two years. Uh, I won't, I won't be going mates. in that pub again that was at the end of the road 
no. um, whether there's a bit whether there's a burger festival or not because six pound fifty for a crap yeah. pint. <laughs> well, what I thought was it you could tell it wasn't catered for Gloucester fans because when I went to the loo, I don't know if anyone else clocked the sign that was advertising uh, advertising Shakespeare in the beer garden at the yeah. weekend. Yeah, the Tempest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't quite think they were going to appeal to our usual rugby crowd somehow. But... No, it was it was a very di- yeah. So for Snowy's benefit, who 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 didn't attend uh, this weekend, um, being in the north, um, but uh, yeah, it was the only pub other than the ground. Uh, other than if you went to the ground, was the Duke of Kent, um, which is at, you know from from a, a placement point of view is perfect. It's about five hundred meters from the ground, uh, maybe even a bit like that, a little bit less. Um, they had they had some decent pints on. Uh, if you like your beer, uh, however, it was very much London prices. I, I think it was... I did like that you got excited that the one beer you could have was a tiny rebel electric boogaloo. Other beers are available, and it wasn't available. And it wasn't on, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you were really excited, especially yeah. if someone else was going to yeah. buy it for yeah, you. Someone else would buy it's, it. Yeah. It is an idea. If it's not on, take, take the clip it off. off. Yeah. Take it off <laughs> the thing. Yeah. So, um, and I, then... I guess, I guess the idea is revealing, though, right? Is that if they were to come up, that's. T- almost like a deliberate thing from premiership rugby which is to say we're going to make like another london franchise because we think there's a big sort of market here that we're not tapping into properly well they're, they're, they're to be honest dealing on tapping into that market i think the thing, like, in, in all seriousness <laughs> what i'd say is that's a pre-season friendly against a premiership side they probably haven't been we were working it out we don't think they couldn't have watched they couldn't have been able to have fans in the ground last year and you were talking probably less than a thousand fans there. Genuinely, I, know, I without, think there was four hundred and fifty, or I think five hundred. And absolutely, and I'd tops. say the majority were genuinely Gloucester fans, without exaggerating. Yeah, at least half. Yeah. And yeah. what, what could, have Ealing fans been doing for the last year if you haven't been waiting for the first opportunity you get to go and watch Ealing? This is my frustration. Is we were we were talking about this on the day. It's like you know. The, the premiership are more for growth more for teams coming in and growing and developing the game but that team is you can't tell me they are financially sustainable as soon as their owner who's pumping all this money and gets bored and goes away or no, dies. No, that's, that's, that's why i think do they just turn them into something move them into a, a stadium that's available a football stadium that needs a bit of extra money or something and but i mean but now that london irish have moved closer in you've got quinn's air salaries i think that's sort of yeah, you're not lacking in London. But... We're not lacking in London franchises, are we? No, I mean, the, the, what a franchise! You know, what's Birmingham's quite a big place. I, I imagine you know, there's there's you somewhere like Cornwall. At least you've got a fan base down there. I don't know. We can argue semantics of all yeah, the time, but it I'm is it, it. It's not a good look. It, that stadium at the Premiership is not going to be a good look. No, no, that, that that is full stop. Um, that ground is not up to standard it's barely up to standard for the championship um yeah the, the super I, mini it, the super mini sort of uh Stoford press stand that they've got behind the one set of posts um that's is, okay yeah that's it's, it's okay yeah. but it is what a quarter the size of our Stoford press stand you know in, I mean, in, yeah. in similar design it's probably half the width and two-third the height um they they could make that a lot wider they could make that the full um width of the pitch and increase that, but that wouldn't be anything like enough. They would have to develop the entire side that we watch from, which would in turn, because there was um, 
adjacent the pitch to the, behind, the pitch that it? they yeah. played on. There was a um, uh, another uh, 3G pitch. So th- they would have to lose all of that. And that's a bit of a, I mean, it is, um, for those that don't know, it's a bit of a community centre as well, sort of. Well, not community, um, sports centre, isn't it? It's a sports club. Yeah, yeah. so they've got a load of um, a load of tennis courts, uh, and then they've got the the Astro that the game was played on, and the Astro that the um, is behind. Um, I don't know what standard the rubber crumb is on the additional pitch. I'm assuming it's pretty good. It's it's <laughs> it's at least Hartbury kind of um, standard at, uh, that they played on. Browner wasn't exactly impressed, was he, when when he came over? Because no, he, it, he, he, we we did say I, I asked as uh, just before the game, Alex Brown was walking past where I think Jim was getting some pints, um, but that uh, was um, over by he was walking past, and I asked the question about when if the if the, the players had been on the new pitch yet. And I think he, they were going to go have a proper this was se- the first week, wasn't it? Yeah, they're going to have a proper session. I think next week. I think. Uh, but they've they've sort of walked out on it. But um, yeah, he said this is the, the, the Ealing pitch is crap basically in comparison, um, in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, the ground is not fit for purpose. It would not be suitable for the Premiership. They would have to do huge amounts of work. My understanding, and I'm happy to be corrected on this by anybody who knows better, um, but my understanding was that if they had been promoted instead of Saracens uh, last season coming into this season. That they were expected to, or they were looking to play at QPR, uh, Loftus Road, uh, which where Wasps played back in the day. For those who remember, um, what a day so, out that used to be as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, the infamous Wasps not turning on the um, undersaw heating game, for example, down at Loftus Road. Um, yeah, so that was the ground. I mean, uh, there's not a huge amount more we can say about it because there was there was about 450, maybe 500 fans there. Um, it was okay. The atmosphere was all right. Everyone seemed quite friendly. There did also seem to be a, a significant number of people who were there. They kind of just stumbled upon a rugby match rather than they actually went there knowing that Ealing were playing Gloucester, shall we say? Um, there was there it, was a, the one guy in the pub that was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna beat us today. Yeah, definitely, you're gonna beat us today. There's no way we're getting promoted this season. No Saracens will be the team going up." Yeah. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he was You're and obviously you a nicked, big rugby fan. And he was and you nicked us our seventh finisher. Like, well, unless unless we've signed someone else other than Geordie Reed, who's been with us for a while now. He's been um, with us for a season. Yeah. Um, maybe he didn't think that anything any rugby happened at all during lockdown. I mean, yeah, he could have really had a lockdown, couldn't he? Who knows? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um onto the match. Um again, Snowy's not gonna be able to contribute too much, but I will draw draw, draw him in first actually we'll maybe talk about what we think pre-seasons are really for actually and this is where Snowy can contribute a bit more your view on what a pre-season is really there for Snowy like is it there for is it is it a combination of fitness blooding new players developing tactics and getting a you know maybe getting some development or or, or um um, I think you've you've probably just answered that question mostly in the, the things you've listed I wouldn't say practicing moves and tactics and things like that i don't think there's much value for that no. in pre-season games because you you never have the combinations that you're going to have in reality mm. um but i think it's more some players need some game time um so it's it's about match fitness um or at least 
we, we know that the first few games of the season, they're, they're building match fitness into those first few games, aren't they? You get some yeah. weird results until people sort of settle in. But if, if you recognise in training, there's a few people that need a bit of game time and then there's going to be there's going to be new people in, whether that's young younger guys that have moved on up or new signings that you've brought in that simply haven't played in a Gloucester shirt before. And you certainly don't want them to play in their very first game, first touches the ball in front of a crowd um, in a premiership match. So that I think in the home friendlies, you'll likely see all of the new signings getting some good game time. Mm. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't, I don't think they're particularly valuable. I think it's mainly just a way to sort of settle the preseason nerves a bit and, and give people a bit of a run out. Um, and I think I think you see that in terms of how sort of seriously they're taken. It's not. To, it used to be, didn't it, that by the time you got to your last preseason game, you, you had your first fifteen out and you were ready to go for the season. Yeah. But I think without the winter break and the fact that there's so much fatigue through the course of the season, so many injuries, that doesn't seem to happen now. You almost start when you start the season. Um, and, you, and just keep yeah. those players out a little bit fresher. I think also to build on what Snow says, people are always watching now. So you can't, you don't want to show your hand in a pre-season, do you? If you've got a couple of really good moves, you don't necessarily want to give them away in, in a pre-season game where it's like, oh, that was a really good move. And then someone else has picked up on it. So, um, but, and it's also difficult because you don't know what the opposition are going to be like either. So like I thought what was interesting, because we commented on it in the game, there were a few times that we got a string of penalties and we were like, why don't you go for a scrum? And they kick, kept kicking to the corner, didn't they? When the line out mm. wasn't going great. And the only thing we could think of was they must have wanted to work on the line out. And yeah. I just, I don't know, it's... I, I certainly don't think it's about building momentum because it's as a player, it must be a hard to get really fired up for those preseason friendlies because you're still it's blowing off the rust. There's there's getting fit over preseason, but then there's being match fit is a very different thing, isn't well, it? Well, it's it's getting hit, isn't it? Yeah. And let's be honest, that first five minutes, there was a couple of guys, certainly from Ealing, that were putting in some big hits, big bullocking runs, what? smashing into people. And I think it was kind of a little bit of a, oh, shit, yeah, this isn't, you know, semi-contact training. This is a match. And it's just getting those cobwebs, like you said, Russ. It's getting those, um, the pre-season fatigue and all of that. And it's being on the ground after being hit and then still having to get up and run to make the next ruck or whatever it is. Uh, and it's getting players into that mindset um, so that come, you know, premiership week one, they are 100% on the ball. And it looks like we've got a few injuries already or a few players. So you've got Harrison's Amit have got to be rested. Hastings yeah. has been with us less than a week. The academy players haven't played for God knows how long because there's not been any academy matches for a little while. There's not been any United games. Yeah. So well, you've I think got that's to why start we saw playing so them. them. We, yeah. saw, we saw a lot of the academy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They basically played the second half of the game, didn't they? So yeah. there's definitely, and I think that'll happen again. Uh, this Saturday when we when we play them again at home because you don't, you've got yeah. to get all our squad there's no point getting half the squad match fit and then having half the squad not match fit at all you're yeah, better off having the whole the whole um, squad 80% match fit and then by the end of the first game they're 100% match fit I, I think that's it for me Jim I think you've got to accept that result the result is meaningless and I, I find it odd that people are panicking over a result from that game you know we could have won it with we, the with the players we had on the pitch at the times we had, 
I think we could still have won it, like you were saying about going for lineouts. You know, if the decision making in the game had been we need to win this game, the players that were on the pitch would have done. But what do we get from that win? What do you get from winning that game? Nothing. Yeah, you, you know, nothing. it's not like fact, anyone's what gonna you might look get is you might get less of an Ealing squad coming to us next week because if you beat them at their place then they know they're going to get beaten at ours so they and, I, and I think that was it I think Ealing probably had a little bit more to gain because it will look you know they can spin it that oh we've beaten a premiership team possibly but it wasn't like you're thinking oh god this is a devastating loss was it it's not like a premiership game where you're like well we have to win and it's you stuff, come away with stuff to work game. on but nothing looked terrible yeah. Yeah. I would I would um I would like to see Hastings in the rest of the preseason games because I think, firstly, he doesn't really need to rest much because he didn't really play much international rugby. The club standard rugby that he was playing was a bit lower intensity. Yeah. Um, but I think he's critical to everything that we're doing. And also, of course, in terms of get, getting a vibe for being in that position with the players yeah. around you, it's more yeah, critical nine, at 10 than I, it is I think had he nine, been... 10, isn't it? You've got to get 9, 10, 12, and you've got to get all the 9s and all the 12s working with him so that you can swap them around. And I think had he been with us a bit longer, he probably would have played, but he's been there like a week. And actually, by playing Billy, who, let's be honest, I, I can't see 36 playing 10 unless there's a massive crisis, because Barton was miles ahead of him in the second half yeah. but it allowed you to try a couple of other combinations in the centre actually like Seabrook had a good run yeah, there, well. he, you know he needs game time as well because as we were saying on the weekend we're going to lose a lot of players over international windows so you've got to think about those players who are coming in, you want them to be sharp and you want to know what they're going to offer as well so yeah. it's a balance isn't it um, so we'll move on doesn't worry me no, I mean, so we'll move on to the game and sort of how what we felt about the performances. But just to give you an idea, so the first half, um, Gloucester played um, a, a, what I would call probably a more uh, a standard lineup, what you would expect maybe to, to sort of turn out every so often in the Premiership. There's a few names that you may not have seen too much. Uh, so it started off with Rapava Ruskin, Jack Singleton, Fraser Balmain, Ed Slater, and Andrew Davidson, Freddie Thomas, who was one of the young lads who, who, who stepped up, Geordie Reed, and Ben Morgan. Uh, in the backs, it was Stephen Varney, Billy Twelvetrees, Johnny May, Mark Atkinson, Tom Seabrook, Jake Morris and Kyle Moore. So of those players, I think we all agreed on the weekend that probably the three players who stood out in that first half um, for, for Gloucester were um, Davidson, Andrew Davidson in the second row. He, he, he won, well, I think he won every line out. Um, I, think he, I think he might have even stolen one of or two of Ealings. Uh, Freddie Thomas looked really... Um, encouraging as a you know as a very young lad who um is playing in one of his first games for Gloucester um and this isn't just because his parents were stood next to us um but uh <laughs> but you know he scored a good try made a couple of intercepts he probably he should have scored quick, a, didn't he? he looked quick yeah he probably should have scored he, he had the second he had an intercept um just after he scored his first after his try where probably he, by doing the right thing in inverted commas he probably missed the chance of scoring a second try. So he, he, he got the ball, intercepted, went through and was instantly looking for support rather than pinning his ears back and going for it. And I think probably if he just pinned his ears back and gone. Yeah, he, um, was, he, was, he was well in their half, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he was zigzagging, like wouldn't he, rather than just going straight. I, I don't think he realised who the support was because it looked like the support was a front five player because it actually was, like there was no was, injection of pace when he gave it, was there? They no, were I think it was. Treacle. I think it was Jordy Reed. I think was the the other was the supporting and player. I think, was, I think he had to bust the gut to get to get there. there yeah, there yeah. In the first yeah. Place. I, I, yeah. I think there are a couple of other positives as well. You look at away from who played well. I thought Ben Morgan looked like he'd slimmed down a little and mm-hmm. hopefully he's had a good pre-season, got back into shape. It was good. And 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 people like Johnny May and everyone are getting a full pre-season with the club, which you hope bodes well. I mean, it was the one one annoying thing was we didn't really see a lot of the wingers, did we? The, the ball didn't go out. But I thought Morris no. looked good again. Morris looked, because he came on in the second half again, didn't he? Because yeah. Charlie had quite Charlie a nasty knock. Yeah. And he looked sharp there as well. And the, the, the other, there was another young wing in the second half looked good. But yeah, I'm jumping ahead. But Yeah, so it, it finished first half. It finished 19-14 to Gloucester. Um, Ealing came out pretty quick. And as, as Jim said, that there was a lot of uh, intensity in the first five, ten minutes. Um, scored a, 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 a quite a well-worked try. I think it was Stephen Viney jumps out the line and um, the, uh, the opposition centre um, picked a picked a, a pass and uh, and they went through. Um, one thing that was interesting was I think the first scrum, which was right in front of us, um, went against Gloucester. But I think from then on, every other scrum that half, Gloucester either won or put pressure on the the either a penalty, won the ball or put pressure on Ealing. Um, the second try for Ealing, um, shall we say, was forward, Jim. <laughs> Well, I, I told the touch judge that he should be more assertive and tell the referee more than once on his player, Mike, that it was forward. You heard him telling the ref and the referee was like, no, play on. And I think yeah. he gone and said, no, ref, that really was very forward. I, it was about it, a half yard forward, yeah. It wasn't even a one-eyed one, was it? Because it was right in front of well, us. It was over the and... top of one of the... Um, the rugby league lines. So it started one metre one side and finished one metre the other side, so... Yeah, to, to, if, if you want to know how forward it is, if you're watching the highlights that Ealing have put up, um, which is sort of behind the play, you can still see how forward it is. <laughs> you could probably hear Jim <laughs> calling forward. I think, to be I, honest. I think, I think if it hadn't been for the fact they put some really crap um, Euro dance music over the top of it, you definitely would be able to hear Jim screaming forward. And then, uh, and his abuse of the, of the, of the touch judge. Encouragement. Subsequently. Encouragement, sorry, yeah. I needed. I, a t- I, need, I, I was standing to Jim's um, left-hand side, so I needed a towel afterwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was. I thought, yeah, Gloucester pretty much from about eighteen minutes in in the first half, Gloucester dominated territory, dominated possession, and really probably should have been a bit further ahead. Um, second half, again, I mean, let's be fair. This is the thing about preseason friendlies that Snow's already mentioned. Um, s- second half, I'll go through the team, try and. Try and find the names you you know. Uh, Brian O'Connor at uh, Lou said Todd Gle- Todd Gleave. Uh, no, hang on. Right, Brian O'Connor at Lou said Henry Walker played hooker. Kirill Gotovtsev, the Russian, big, big scary Russian, big scary Russian at tight head. Arthur Clark, Will Britton in uh, in the second row. Harry Taylor, Vian Conradi, and Todd Gleave at eight. Yeah, that was Todd Gleave at eight. Joe Simpson at nine. Barton ten. Alex Morgan. At 11, Jack Reeves, uh, Lewis Hillman Cooper in the centres. Charlie Sharples on the wing, but he got uh, a, a bit of a, a bad knock to the head. I think he got concussion. Um, and then uh, um, 
we, it was replaced uh, again by um, Jake Morris in the second half. And then, um, who was at the back? Right? Isaac Marsh at, um, at fullback. Um, basically, I can sum up, I can probably sum up what happened in the second half, which was Gloucester had a lot of territory, a lot of possession again, uh, forced a lot of penalties out of Ealing, went to the corner, cocked up the line out. From the resulting scrum, uh, our scary Russian got pinged. They then kicked for a more. We would give another penalty away. They then kicked for another line out, and they'd spend five minutes on our line and score a try. That's I mean, kind could, of what it was, wasn't it, really? What it was as well was they didn't make any changes, really, did they? They made no. one or two. So they, they had 40 minutes in them. They were well drilled. You change 15 players, you've got to expect you're going to be a bit sloppy. And it's well, young they, They'd be sloppy if it was the third game. Yeah. But it was the, being the first game of pre-season, yeah, they were very sloppy. And what you also saw was, like Ed said, yeah, there was a few mistakes that really cost us, which, and, and the scrum was a bit worrying, wasn't it? I think that, that worried, hopefully they will, that was sort out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah, go, but go what, what What happened was Ealing figured out that on our line, they could out-muscle us. And so they just, they went to their power game. It was pick and go tight and we couldn't compete with that. And mm. you wouldn't expect a team of young players and that big brute of a number eight carrier, Todd Gleave, to hold them back, <laughs> would you? I mean, that, no. that's the thing for me. I, I don't feel like that was something I would be worried about. Now, if we were talking about our fully loaded first 15 getting out muscled then yes I'd be a bit more concerned the mistakes are a bit annoying but it's a first pre-season game we're not talking like we were moaning about last year five or six games into the season where you're making those mistakes if we're doing that in a few weeks time then yes there's something yeah. to be worried it, about it'd be nice point, to know it'd be nice to know that the the weight differences between our yeah you know our our front well f- are forwards in that second yeah, yeah. half and therefore yeah, I, I mean I reckon they were probably 10 15 kilos a man down I mean yeah like I said the legit the one legitimate worry I have is that you had two two props who would hopefully you would imagine are going to be some of our backup props and there was I, I didn't feel very confident in their scrummaging I'm trying to be a bit polite here because they're both I'm new sure, you I'm sure they're, they're very strong they just need to work a lot on that there's a lot of there's yeah. work to be done there isn't there and you hope that that's going to come through but that that was the one thing I was like hmm, this is a bit concerning yeah I mean the line at the line out they went back into the line out a few times and it didn't quite work and there was you know there was one which was not straight there's another one where he that the, the, just the jumper went at the wrong time there was one where I think we, we got it down and knocked it on Further on in the mall, just it was just untidy. But again, these these are these are young. A lot of the a lot of those players were academy players or fringe players, um, who would very rarely be all together at the same time. Um, let's be honest; it's probably unlikely that team will ever be a Gloucester first team, shall we say? Together, and that's that's the other thing with those mistakes, Ed, isn't it? They're, to be fair, there were a few mistakes in the first half that you saw, like Ben Morgan dropped one, didn't he? Where they yeah, off the back scored. of a off the back of a scrum, and, yeah. but that one looked very much like a rusty moment. But there weren't many in the first half. To be fair, the second no. half, like you said, you could tell those lads hadn't played a lot of time together because it was sometimes it was like you know dropping a pass you weren't expecting or a timing issue. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? Timing issues, practice. So hopefully yeah. those issues just, you work them out. But. Yeah. The, the one thing I would say for those listening who care about this sort of thing, um, 
there, there was noticeably less kicking, uh, which was interesting yeah. um, and very nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, I think there was a little bit more kicking in the in the second half, but that was only to be fair. That was from clearance from our, our line. Very little box kicking in the middle of the pitch. You didn't get these up and a stupid up and unders and and um, uh, and, and uh, kick tennis. Um, so that was that was one sort of noticeable difference from last mm-hmm. season. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good day out. I mean, you know, it's always nice to spend time with your mates and have a few drinks and have a laugh. Um, and um, but yeah, I, I, I think not a huge amount is going to be read into it. Um, uh, other than also that um, more important, most importantly of all, that the sponsorship on the new away shirt is white, whereas the sponsorship on the home shirt is cream. Uh, and Lance Bradley apparently has got been given both barrels uh, by a number of supporters on this one. So really important. Um, but we can we can confirm the big Doug is definitely a different colour. It's definitely on, a different colour on the new home and away shirts. Much yeah. more white. It's far more white. Yeah, yeah. The I most mean, important thing of the just, uh, yeah, I'm really not happy about that. It's no, just no I, I'm I'm in agreement with the with the guys. Actually, I'm kind of if it's supposed to be white, it's supposed to be white. I, I mean, I'm stunned that you would be pedantic about anything, Jim. If I'm honest. <laughs> find that really surprising right uh right we're going to come back in a second and we're going to talk about um this weekend coming and there's a few things that's happening this weekend um and uh, we'll just touch on the away shirt because um it's been quite entertaining again on on social media right we're back and uh, we're going to just talk about this weekend and um First of all, which is the obviously Gloucester got Ealing on Saturday again at home um, and um, expecting a bit of a bumper crowd from what they were saying in the fans forum. I think they were saying that they'd sold 6,000 tickets. Now, no one clarified uh, during the fans forum, actually, whether that was 6,000 on top of the season ticket holders or that was in replacement of the season ticket holders, if you know what I mean. So we're either going to get a fairly decent crowd of sort of 13,000, which is which would be ridiculous, or probably around about 10,000, I would imagine. Um, but we'll, um, so that'll be interesting. I think as Russ intimated earlier, it will, it's likely that um, we'll uh, we'll see a fairly strong side from Gloucester, similar side from Ealing. And um, it'll be interesting to see the difference from last week to this week. Um, I also, think this- we'll have a lot of changes. First oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Half. We will yeah. probably see. We'll see it. We'll see. I imagine we'll see thirty players used. Let's put it that way. I'd imagine anyone who's in the squad who didn't play who's this week who's fit is going to. Yeah. You know, you see yeah. like of Jamal Ford Robinson and so on, probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing uh, that's happening this weekend is uh, there's the memorial game for Jack Adams, um, and um, I know Russ wanted to touch on this because Russ. Um, Went to school with, um, I think played rugby with actually with uh, Joe, who's Jack's brother. Um, so yeah, crack on, uh, Russ and just yeah. So it's I think it's Sunday at three, isn't it? But but there's there's two games. I'm outraged. I didn't get called up for the first because it's a, like a St Peter's former players team versus um, like a Gloucester combination side, and then the main game after of the former Gloucester former players versus Bristol former. There's some bloody good players in there. I've, genuinely gutted because I'd got a prior commitment down in Dorset but the fact I mean I'd go just to watch James Forrester play to be honest but yeah there's some looks like a good game all the money goes towards um, the charity set up in Jack's name I think there's quite a lot of support 
there's a couple of the podcasts and stuff there. I mean, it's again outrageous that our podcast was masked, I, I think, but no, in all seriousness, it looks like a really good good day out and a you know good chance to see some some rugby, really. Yeah, and, and um, it, you know, it should, it, I think if you're a fan of Gloucester of a certain age, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of players that you remember as a kid, and um, you know, the majority of them played with with Jack. Um, and um, I, I can only sorry, go on. I was going to say, I was just looking at the team. I feel a bit sorry for the Gloucester players who are a bit more age when Dan Norton is in the Bristol back line with the Arscott brothers and John Goodridge. You haven't, you know, they, they're not that long retired compared to the Gloucester lads. So I think there's a bit more pace in the Bristol team at the moment. Mm, Nicky Little, uh, Luke Eaves. Um, Kevin Mags is also in the Bristol team. Um, I mean, I, yeah. the, the Gloucester pack's not bad, though, is it? If he's yeah, guys... I, I, yeah, I'm looking through this. The, the forwards they've got here, we've got James Forrester, Sean Knight, Darren Davidoux, Ross McMillan, Adam Eustace, Will James, Adam Baldwin, Paul Doran-Jones, Matt Cox, Luke Narraway, George Porter, Phil Vickery. Uh, yeah, I mean, Phil. Uh, I don't think Phil Vickery's played a game with rugby in about 10 years, so that could be entertaining. Anthony Allen uh, in the backs. Anthony Allen, Clark Stewart-Smith, Dave Lewis, Ollie Morgan, James Hook, Paul Knight, Mike Tyndall, Peter Richards, Ryan Lamb, Marcel Garvey, Ollie Barkley, uh, Reuben Hale, who's I don't recognise, and Joe Goatley. Um, and then I love this match mascots. Oh, uh, those too broken to play. <laughs> or either of them, they're, they're either too broken to play or are contracted elsewhere. Yeah. So we've got uh, Tim Taylor, obviously Gloucester coach, Ollie Phillips, Henry Trinder, Nick Wood, Rob Thurlby, Josh Freight, John Pendlebury, Jim Hamilton, and James Simpson Daniel. Um, so uh, yeah, so I mean, it could be a good, good laugh that, and um, hopefully, they raise a lot of money for for Jack's charities. Um, and um, you know, so if you can get down there, obviously, I know Russ has already got a prior commitment, but obviously, if you can, if you can get down there, um, be, it sounds like hopefully, be, weather will be good, and you can get a bit of uh, money raised. Um, going forward, though, obviously, we've got a couple more weeks of pre-season for Gloucester. We've got, I say, Ealing this Saturday, or Coventry the following week which I will be going to. Um, and then we've got the first game of the season against Northampton the, um, on the uh, 17th, I think it is, isn't it? 6th, 17th uh, of September. Um, 18th. 18th, sorry, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 18th, Saturday, Saturday 18th, 3 o'clock. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, which I won't be going to because Northampton's a dump. Um, <laughs> the town, the ground's all right, but yeah, not, not a lot to be said for Northampton as a place. Um, anyway, um, the final bit of the pod is just a brief chat. We kind of re- mentioned uh, briefly is the uh, the new away uh, the, the the new away strip, which is a, a blue, light blue. I purchased it at the weekend, um, and uh, was the only one wearing it, other than the players down on the on the uh, Ealing on Saturday, which probably suggests it might not be the most popular shirt that we're going to find. Um, no, it just says you're the biggest fan, Ed. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one else was as big a fan as you. Nobody went to the Keys late, late the night before. Just no. to get there. Just to, just get to, be, just to be second in the queue. First in the queue, second in the queue. I don't think this is annoying you because you haven't told this story enough over the course of that weekend. <laughs> I think yeah. everyone who commented to you about that shirt got told the story about you being second to buy it. Yeah, first, first in the queue, second in the till. I'm not bitter. 
anyway, uh, just a general thought. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I obviously I bought it. I, I do actually quite like it. I think it's a nice, uh, a nice shirt. I, I like the difference in terms of the color. We've never had a that color before. Uh, general thoughts on it, Snowy? As you, uh, as, yeah, yeah. Snowy's got strong views, so he can go. Um, no, I'm not, I, I think it looks good on. Um, mm. It, I like it generally. I'd like it. It's it's a shirt that I'd probably be most likely to buy of the away shirts over like the last five to ten years. Um, but as soon as I look at it, I think like Coventry City or Man City. <laughs> Uh, yeah. um, you, 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 we had that people people at Ealing on Saturday were saying Man City and I yeah. know you know Man, Cif, Man City shirt specialist but I would say a City shirt is a lot lighter a blue and it is quite a it different shade slightly lighter, um, yeah. I'd say Ed's but, shirt is, is quite yeah. a bit brighter a uh, bit more vibrant and the, the subtle kind of Gloucester um, chevrons with the you know, mm, the, the City badge the dots, yeah. the, the, from the City badge um, I think that looks really good in this, in a sort of pattern across the. Uh, I like the, the collar. Collar's good. It's a bit like um, when we we played sevens and we had the gloss orcs top made yeah, yeah. that a lot a lot of fans asked for replicas of because it was <laughs> it was I'm, better than the Gloucester shirt at the time. That, that <laughs> similar collar. I think <laughs> I'm I'm just ambivalent about it. I don't hate it. I, I wouldn't personally buy it, but I think it's good the club had done something. A little bit different. I mean, they could have made it white and cherry to please those fans who said it was <laughs> a cherry and white shirt. But yeah, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's, oh, away shirt. It's like literally, you just look at what colour haven't we done last few seasons? Yeah, exactly. We'll that that's one. exactly what I was going to say. You yeah. look at our away shirts and European shirts, and historically they're all very different. I've got quite a collection of them. I like the purple and blue striped shirt we had a while back. I like the. Cinderford shirt. I've got that one. I thought that was quite nice. I think it's good. Mm. What they, what it's nice is it's just a bit different, isn't it? Because you can buy a home shirt and they're, they're a match of the muchness often. They're a little bit different. It's kind of hard to do something, as we've said before. And you could churn out the same away shirt every year. But, and I get, like, I so I can kind of see why people moan and say, oh, they're only doing it to make money. Well, of course they fucking are. They're a business. <laughs> you know, they want to sell shirts and you know if you've got some mug like ed who's going to queue all like you know for ages but in all seriousness that's what you want you want people who buy it so sometimes it's good to buy and actually if you're that angry about it maybe you're not the person they're aiming the shirt for so just buy the home one which is tick the box that you wanted it's a traditional cherry and white shirt so maybe that's why they've decided to go for something a bit different with the the change strip yeah it's also, I mean, it's 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 a general. The, the, the thing is, well, everyone they seem to get annoyed at the club for something that isn't actually the club's responsibility. Basically, Premiership Rugby have kind of laid down the law now that every every game the away team will wear the change shirt. That's kind of way the way it is. So you need to have a shirt that's different enough from all the other teams that you're playing that it will stand out. Now, obviously, Gloucester have gone for a blue, which means we don't get to wear that when we play Sale or Bath. Um, or Bristol, um, but um, you know, so it, it is what so it in is. A clever, in a clever way, it means they wear cherry and white. Cherry and white more, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't get that angry about it. You still the cherry and whites, regardless. We have a nice home shirt. Would I like us to wear it more? Possibly, but is it something to get that angry about? Not 
not not for me really and no. you know people talk about tradition and heritage and there have been nods to that like we said like the city crest the parts of it in the design of the shirts I quite like that um and to be honest I know lots of people don't like oxen but at least there's a lot of we were talking about this on the way down weren't we there's a lot of variety of stuff you can buy now there's 101 t-shirts like loads and loads of different t-shirts and polo shirts and jackets and stuff and they brought out the the camouflage stuff that goes with money going to military charities and they've got the new um which has got a little bit of grief hasn't it the um black black blue and white other oh, um, way one yeah away I know that, was, that probably wasn't the i mean of, of all the things you're going to do don't blue is pushing it i think you put black blue and white together you are pushing it even yeah, to the, I mean, to the a absolute couple, limit yeah, on that, that is a proper goal but but yeah that, and that's it isn't it if you have a big range chances are your your turnover all right you'll sell a few of them and it is yeah i, I think you know anything that helps the club Sorry, I've got distracted. Um, no, I'm the same. Jim's. Uh, we're talking about our fashion, uh, you know, our fashion sense and fashion topics. Jim's jumper is a sight to behold. I'm going to ask him to send Beautiful. me a picture of that, um, so I can put it on on uh, Twitter later. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, I need to put. It's a nice tiny the rebel. T- one. Tiny I, um, rebel yeah, yeah, definitely send that. Send that to me later, man. I need to put that on Twitter just so everyone can see what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's, it is. Don't get too angry about it, guys. It's really not that important. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I, I you know, I, I'm fairly sure. Just to go back to being cynical, I'm fairly sure as the season goes on, we will have plenty of stuff to be angry about. So it's like try not to get. Out. It's trying to peak your anger, isn't it? I mean. Loz has already tipped over the edge of anger, so I'm just trying to stay a bit like away shirts, losing pre-season friendlies. They're not really, I find no. it hard to get angry about those kind of things, if I'm honest. Let's wait till we lose 60 points to nil to Northampton the first week of the season. Or we miss a fucking penalty in front of the post <laughs> to win the game. Or fuck up a line You know, these are the sort of Gloucester things to be angry about. Yeah. Um, right. Um, thank you very much, chaps. Um, uh, I know that Jim, you think you'll be you'll be there? I believe it on Saturday. Am I, am I right at the Ealing game? Um, yes, yes, I will be at the Ealing game on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, I have signed myself up to getting snapped in half at a different charity match on Sunday. I will be playing in the Long Levens Mixed Ability fundraiser, so won't make it to the King's Zone for Jack Adams game, which is a bit of a shame that they clash. Mm. Um, but I will honour my um, first. Um, first arranged visit. Yeah. Uh, so, Russ, are you are you uh, you're away on the Sunday. Are you planning to join? Yeah, the we're going. Game? We're away for the weekend. And, oh, the weekend. Yeah, no, yeah. no rugby, no touching rugby pitches for me because I'm tapering for a marathon. So, I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd love to have played in that game because um, it's a good cause, or I'd love to have gone and supported, you know, Joe when Joe Adams and the Jack Adams game but yeah sadly no rugby for me this weekend and annoyingly I'm away for the Coventry game as well because I've left you know I went to Union Cov so it would have been good to go to that game as well so having got a taste of rugby it's a little while before I see another game though when Sale Gloucester that's, that's the one I'm interested in Sale Gloucester oh, that's a good point Sale away is to be confirmed uh, 12th of March so okay, so March. So they're waiting to see if it's yeah. going to be worth on telly or not, aren't they? Yeah, well, it doesn't really make it. This means that we're all going to stay at it's, Snowy's, aren't we? It's sale. It'll probably be a Friday. It'll, it'll probably be Friday night, won't it? 
likely yeah. is they normally Friday nights because they try and um, reduce the amount of uh, of options in terms of football because obviously up that way there's about nine different football clubs within about ten miles so you try and uh, make sales yeah it'll well be, and yeah, also the policing as well yeah, so yeah. it'll either be Friday night or shit like midday on Sunday, Sunday midday yeah type thing yeah um, right okay well um, Snowy are your plans for the weekend other than doing more running cycling and swimming as you normally do yeah I've got a race Saturday oh. finally so there we are then proper, proper iron yeah. man on the, on the subject of cycling more than three events it's a it's a swim it's a swim bike run up Snowden run back down Snowden bike run on the beach to finish that sounds like horror, 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 horror. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it lost me at run up Snowden. Snowden, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've done that. That's, that's fun. Got, do you know, there, got, you know they've got a train, mate? You can just take the train up. Uh, train, that would be a pretty shit triathlon, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that in the Olympics. Like, yeah, the Brownlee brothers get, out, get off the train. bike and get on a train. Well, sometimes <laughs> getting on a tube train can be a bit of an yeah. Olympic sport, <laughs> isn't it? So, but no, um, I think it's worth worth mentioning that uh, Gloucester supportee, Gloucester supporter um, Ellie Richards. Oh yeah, she, um, she did yeah. become world champion um, pretty much the same time as Gloucester were getting beaten by Ealing. So yes, um, she didn't do fantastically at the Olympics, which Gloucester kind of put a big post out and raved about how um, lifelong supporter Evie was off to the Olympics. Um, they haven't mentioned that she's just become world champion. So <laughs> <laughs> um, funny, f- funny how maybe the media doesn't quite work in the same way, but um, I've been following her because um, she's a cyclist and she's local and, and she sports Gloucester, which is always, always a bonus. So yeah, well done, Evie, uh, well, if you're, if yeah, you're well a listener. Exactly. Yeah, we'll 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 try and we'll make sure we tweet out a congratulations because I'm sure she really appreciates a pokey little uh, yeah. uh, Gloucester Rugby podcast. Yeah, <laughs> giving her support like Red Bull. Red Bull giving her the thumbs up, you know, and throwing her even more money. But a little bit of a well done. It's all about cherry jam, mate. It's all about cherry jam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. On that note, uh, thanks, chaps. Thanks for much time again, and we'll touch base again next week after hopefully um, a Gloucester win. Uh, not that it really matters that otherwise we've already, already spoken about. Cheers. Cheers, chaps. Cheers all. Cheers,